hey, this is Mike Birbiglia, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder, which is one of the better tape recorders. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Brandon Ayer. It's not everyone, but almost everyone's life has been touched in some way, whether personally or through a family member or through a friend, by some some form of serious mental illness or, or breakdown or something like that. You know, it's, it's a, I'm finding out it's less rare than maybe I thought it was. Brandon Ayer just completed the recording of his first comedy album. We're going to discuss uh, his build-up to that in just a few minutes. Uh, We have a song of the week coming up from Rat Boy and a fun story to go along with that. But first, we have a non-political dumb bit. I'll explain on the other side. Did a dumb bit about sports last week, decided to stick with sports this week because, uh, well, as you know, we do a lot of political things on the show, and that's important to stay informed. And you know what I always say about entertainment and sports is that it's a nice, uh, people, it's just a, a distraction, and it really is because if you talk about sports and entertainment and you're wrong, what's the worst that can happen? You spend 20 bucks on a movie you didn't like, you buy an album you didn't like, so what? It doesn't impact you. If you're wrong on politics, you, it impacts your life eventually, so... Anyway, uh, on the lighter side in sports, uh, I read this article in USA Today a couple of weeks ago, which I found fascinating. As you know, I'm a fan of uh, defunct football leagues and such, and uh, we have a new spring football league out. And then uh, while this has been going on, while the, the league has been running, it's called the Alliance of American Football. I've been watching a few games, and I'm enjoying it for the most part. Uh, I'm also reading a book by Jeff Perlman. I think it's called Football for a Buck, or that's the other book about the USFL. Anyway, the Jeff Perlman book is what I'm reading now. I think, oh, I think it's called The $3 League. Anyway, look up USFL Jeff Perlman and get that book. That's the one I'm reading right now about the USFL. Great book. Uh, really missed the USFL. And of course, the USFL, a lot of people miss. And uh, the idea of spring football is something people you know, have tried again with the XFL and that didn't go too well. And they're going to try it again next year with the XFL. But meanwhile, uh, the USA Today, of course, is poo-pooing the uh, Alliance of American Football, but for some kind of uh, silly reasons. Okay, on the, uh, on the con side, yeah, it's a minor league. Uh, unlike the USFL that signed to its detriment eventually, uh, big NFL stars and big uh, college players that were destined for the NFL, um, the AAF is more guys that got cut in training camp, uh, guys that uh, didn't get drafted by the NFL at all but still had talent and you know and still want to play. And, and I was on a radio show a couple of weeks ago uh, with Mo Egger here in Cincinnati, and I said, hey, I want to come on and talk about defunct football leagues. This was at the weekend before, the week, the Friday before the AAF started, and he wanted to ma- make fun of it. And there's a lot to make fun of in defunct football leagues, don't get me wrong. But the thing I pointed out to him was that, well, while you're the owners you can make fun of, there are a lot of silly things that happen in the World Football League and the United States Football League, certainly. But when you get down to it, the, these are guys that really want to play football still. And that's not funny. I mean, they, that's what they really want to do, and they have an opportunity to do it. And uh, to that end, you know, they, they do it well as, as the leagues go on. So anyway, but the thing that caught my attention with the USA Today is it says uh, perhaps the AAF's audience will grow as its first season continues, but Common Sense suggests that if, uh, if it will fall off a bit as a novelty factor fades, true, and attention turns to the NFL Combine. 
Oh, yeah, I'd much rather watch a guy run wind sprints than watch an actual game, USA Today. Thanks. And, of course, there's the NCAA basketball tournament. And, yeah, I get that because that's two big weekends right there. But the thing is, is I don't give a hoot about college basketball. I really don't. Beyond a, being a gambling exercise for me, I don't care. I'd rather watch football than college basketball. Sorry. And uh, there's another argument where they're saying, oh, well, uh, football fans like the, the break, uh, you know, after the Super Bowl and then the buildup to the... Well, if that's the case, then why, sir, are you asking people to watch the Combine? And why do they make this ridiculous show out of the NFL draft, which... But people buy into it. They get, Last year, they got like over 100,000 people in and outside of uh, the Cowboys Stadium to watch a guy reading a list of names, which to me is just insanity. I'm not going to watch a guy reading a list of names when I could watch an actual football game, even if it is minor leaguers and guys that didn't make the team. I'd rather watch that than just a guy reading a list of names. It's just insanity. I would point out one last thing uh, is that soccer... The, the 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 beautiful game the 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 world sport there is no off season really the premiership for example which is the the league I follow most closely besides the MLS uh, here in the United States is the Premier League they start I believe in August middle of August and they end around the beginning of May but then after that they're off playing friendlies. And so what, we have June, July, they're like two and a half month off season. They're going and playing friendlies. They're playing uh, in tournaments in Europe and things like that, which also happen during the year. So there's really no off season for soccer. And uh, in hockey, which the Canadians, our Canadian friends love, of course, and a lot of us in the United States love, uh, one of the big things they love is the junior tournament that happens in the middle of the summer. So there's not really an off season for hockey. They wrap that up in what, in June, first week of June? The July, you have the, the, the junior league championships, and then you're right back at it in September with, with preseason hockey. So anyway, a bit of a ridiculous argument. Uh, I think people really, really like the NFL, and that's nothing wrong with that, but to the point where like they're just, you know, this is the only football you can have. And even the CFL people, you know, get irritated with. I love having, you know, a little football in the summer, you know, what my appetite for the NFL season coming up. But again, quick review. Uh, I would rather uh, hear something like this. That pass by Woodside is picked, and guess who? It's Brooks in the end zone. And that is Ron Brooks, a former Buffalo Bill, uh, intercepting a pass from Logan Woodside, a uh, another former NFL quarterback. Uh, Brooks currently of the San Diego Fleet, and Woodside currently of the San, San Antonio Commanders. And uh, exciting game that was. And yeah, I'd rather watch that than watch, and keep in mind, this is my favorite team involved in this next clip. I'd rather watch you know San Diego and San Antonio than this. With the first pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Brandon Ayers, a stand-up comedian originally from Cleveland Heights, Ohio, uh, close to my hometown. And he just recorded his first comedy album at Go Bananas in Cincinnati. We'll discuss that and lots of other stuff in our interview with Brandon Ayer. Hey, Brandon. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? I'm good, man. I just sort of left the gym. Oh, cool. Okay. Very good. All right. Can uh, you hear me all right? I'm on speakerphone. I've yeah, been no. having trouble with my headphones. You're, you're fine. You're fine. You hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah, you're good. Cool. Is it okay if we use the audio for this on my podcast? 
if if we do what? Use the audio for this on my podcast. Yeah, of course, man. All right. Well, uh, let's start from the top. I know we tried to put this together for Minneapolis back in December, and then you um, you switched uh, the dates there, and I was very excited to interview a fellow Clevelander. So uh, what, what part of Cleveland are you from? I grew up in Cleveland Heights on the east side. There you go. Uh, Spent yeah, I went to uh, Heights High School. Where did you grow up? Mentor, and my wife is from oh. Aurora. What's that? My, my wife's from Aurora. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in Mentor playing soccer. I played soccer in Mentor. Oh, okay. Well, I spent a lot of time uh, in Coventry. Uh, the record store. Oh, nice, man. Probably, yeah. probably before your time, but still, it's still the same area it was. But this is, this is back in the 80s when there was two record stores there. And um, Yeah, it's, uh, it's changed a lot. They, they closed uh, they closed Big Fun. Yeah. They closed, there's no movie theater there. But nope. they still like the Grog Shop is there. And, it is. Uh, I think Record Revolution is still there. Yeah, I think, um, I think they yeah, moved you, up the block. You don't see kids hanging out there very much anymore. No, it's not like it was, but, you know, I guess I guess times change, you know? Yeah. So you're based in New York now, right? Yeah, I, I moved to New York. Uh, I started comedy late. I started comedy when I was about uh, 27. Oh, okay. And, and so I moved to New York very early on comedy, like... Um, Within a year, I think I, uh, I I knew I really liked it, and I, I I wasn't good yet. You know, it takes a while to get good at comedy, but I think I was good. I was good relatively. You know, I was good for someone who had only been doing it for a year. Yeah. And I felt I felt a little behind because I started so late. So I kind of you know had a fire under my ass. Like, okay, I gotta. You know, I gotta, I gotta move. I gotta get, I gotta move somewhere where I can get up more, where I can get more stage time. And uh, and I moved to New York in uh, 2010, maybe I think around that time. Okay. Um. So, what were you doing before comedy? So I I studied economics in school. I had a bunch of. I've had a bunch of odd jobs in my life. I, I I worked in a salmon canning factory in Alaska. Oh my gosh! I was a house cleaner. Uh, I was a house cleaner. I sold uh, I sold blank white labels, barcode labels. But my my eventually I worked at Starbucks. I worked in the service industry. But eventually I was uh, I was a writer. I wrote. Um, I was a research uh, analyst. I wrote research reports, so kind of uh, like um, industrial writing, like uh, okay. about, yeah, about you know, not not the most exciting writing in the world, but it was a fun job. Uh, not fun job, but a great a, a great job. Um, and they let me. They were great. That company was really good to me because. Uh, I was pretty good at it, and when I moved to New York, they let me do it remotely, so I continued to work for them while I established myself as a stand-up for, for many years, you know, because it takes a long time to become a full-time stand-up as, as a job. So uh, they let me continue to do that job, which was really great because, like, a lot of my friends, you know, 
had to struggle with like low paying jobs that in order to find a job that gives you the freedom to do stand up and to travel like so you know they'd be dog walkers or you know day daytime uh servers in the restaurant industry and i had this job that was like paying good that so it was, it was a really uh it was a really good setup you know i owe, i owe that company a lot they were really good to me so as far as getting into comedy, all these various jobs where people like, oh, you're really funny, you should be on a stage somewhere. Or was it something that was in you? You had you always been a comedy fan. How did that come about? And I always been a comedy fan, uh, or I should say, I've always been a fan of things that were funny. I'm not, I'm not I wasn't necessarily always a stand-up fan, and I was always funny. I was always funny, but I was um, also kind of quiet sometimes, you know? So I was, I was never like uh, the big time class clown or like the guy that was, uh, the guy that was uh, always on, you know? You kind of had to get to know me, I think, to, to realize I was funny. Um, but I always wanted to do stand-up. I, I, I was, my, my influences were like, um, some of the very first stand-up I saw was uh, um, Death Jam on BET. So I would see, like, Martin Lawrence and, like, a lot of black comics. And I just loved it. I, I just, I loved the energy of it. and I, I, It was so funny to me. And then I found, uh, and then I found Mitch Hedberg. And uh, I, 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 just thought that he was the I just thought he was so brilliant I just thought it was the the um, most amazing thing I'd ever seen you know and I I didn't know why at the time I know I know I know now why and it's because um, and, and I'm not really like Mitch like I, I, I don't do one-liners um, but but I have some similarities with Mitch. I mean, obviously he's much better than me. But I have some similarities with Mitch in that kind of we both we both uh, struggled to some degree with stage fright, um, and uh, um, a, a few other similarities. But but what I re what I later realized, I think it's so brilliant about Mitch. So he tells these one-liners. And um, they're impersonal. They're not. They're not really. They're absurd, and they're not. For the most part, you're not. They're not a. They're not true. They're not really telling you a lot about him. But through these one-liners, through through listening to an album of them, or watching a half-hour performance, or even watching a five-minute late-night performance, through these one-liners that aren't really true you still you still come away from it feeling like you knew, you know who he is like you feel like uh you 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 know this man and like he, he imparted he imparted his personality into the performance which i think is so important sometimes sometimes you see a stand-up that's funny you know and uh but there's just no personality in it. there's no it's just so sterile that you you don't know them, you don't learn anything, you don't you don't 
you don't feel any connection and like it can be funny but you forget about it right away and uh i think mitch taught me through watching him that that the importance of that i didn't know that at the time and then i really got into chappelle i love dave chappelle uh, i saw that that first dave chappelle half hour um on premium blend or whatever it was it might have been on hbo i can't remember but god that was so funny so funny and uh so, so those are those are those are my, I guess who I would say my biggest influences are. And so, what can people learn from your set? Is it a lot of personal stuff, or is it kind of like, like with Mitch, it's kind of a step back a little bit, but you can kind of get understanding through the whole thing. Um, it's become more personal over time, but it's uh, there's some absurdity to it. You know, it's not. Um, it's not, uh, it's, I mean, it's, I think it's more personal than, than, than Mitch Hedberg, but it's not, uh, it's not like, uh, I'm not one of these guys that's just gonna, you know, get up there and tell you my life story, you know, but I, I do, I do talk about things that, that really happened and, you know, um, uh, so, so I'm, in that sense, I'm, I'm more personal. Talk about my family to some degree. And how much time are you, are you getting out on the road uh, these days? Are you going out like once a month, twice a month? Uh, it depends. Because uh, right now I don't have an agent, so I'm I'm on my own, which I'm kind of happy with at the moment. So like, I'll go like the fall. The fall I was out um, on average uh, three times a, three weeks a month. So I was out, you know, most of the time. And uh, now January was slow, which is fine because I get to be up in the city a bunch. And then, um, uh, so no, 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 no. January was, was kind of good. February was slow. And then uh, March, I'm back out a little bit. And then April, I'm busy again. So, so what kind of things are you talking about uh, on stage? Well, so, uh, you know, a lot of what this album that I'm recording is going to be about, um, you know, there's a chunk of family material. There's a lot of observational stuff. There's some sex stuff. And there's some silly stuff. So it's, it's a mix. It's like... Um, you know, this is my debut album, so it's it's not really there's not a um, cohesive theme other than this is my outlook on life. You know that that is the theme. Um, whereas, you know, I've I've dealt with um, some mental health issues um, recently, not too recently, but last year, year and a half ago. And that, I'm talking about that on stage a lot now, and 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 that's going to be kind of my next project, and that's not going to be in this album. This album um, that I'm recording in Cincinnati uh, at Go, Go Bananas the 28th through the 31st. This album is is like um, kind of all the material up to that point, and then uh, you know I think my next album. For my next project, maybe a one-man show, is going to be more about some of these struggles with 
mental uh, health. So it'll be a little bit, uh, a little bit more personal, you know. Um, a li- a some- it's something that's new to me, and so like I'm working on those jokes now, um, which is a little harder because it's a little more personal, and it can be stuff that's like tough to make funny, you know. Like the serious issues are sometimes hard to make funny, but when you find the funny in them, I think they 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 hit even harder, you know. Yeah, it's very very rewarding as a performer too. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's nice when and when the audience connects, and I think I'm, I'm finding I'm finding that um, uh, people are connecting more than I thought they would. I'm finding that like. Pretty much everyone—not everyone, but almost everyone's life has been touched in some way, whether personally or through a family member or through a friend, by some some form of serious mental illness or, or breakdown or something like that. You know, it's—it's. It's I'm finding out it's less rare than maybe I thought it was, um, which is helpful to me and helpful to people listening. So, so I'm looking forward to kind of. Um, that being the next the next step in my in my uh, in my comedic journey, I guess. And why'd you choose Go Bananas in Cincinnati to do your first album? Why not uh, back home in Cleveland or uh, or maybe even a bigger city? Uh, I love I love uh, I love Go Bananas. I love that club. Um, that club was one of the first clubs to ever headline me. It's a great club to record an album. It's small. It's got low ceilings. The acoustics are phenomenal. Um, you know, they are still a club that um, they're still that books they book their club at such a level of quality that people come out to go bananas, regardless of the name. They just come out because they know they're going to have a good time at Go Bananas. Um, because it's always booked well and booked with quality comedians. Because I'm not, you know, I'm not at the point yet where my name is a draw. I don't sell tickets. Even in Cleveland, I could draw a little bit, but, you know, Hilarities in Cleveland, which is my, my home club there, which I love that club, you know, that's a, uh, I think a 400 seat club. You know, I'm not, I'm not with these, you know, cathedral like feelings. Um, I'm not, I, I wouldn't be able to sell that club out, you know? Yeah. And so, um, and, and for those, for those, uh, non comedians listening or non, non comedy savvy people, um, uh, when I talk about feeling height, comedy so funny and so fragile, like, um, uh, it's interesting, like, a uh, very high feeling laughter just sort of dies so you could tell the same joke and get the same amount of laughter in a room with a with a 80 foot ceiling and in a room with a 12 foot ceiling and it will sound like the laughter is much more in the room with the 12 foot ceiling because it echoes and it and it, and it reverberates whereas it just you know the acoustics in a high ceiling room it just goes up and disappears which is so weird comedy is so funny that you have to consider these sort of things um that's why part of the reason why one of the reasons why the comedy seller in new york is 
considered, uh, you know, one of the best clubs in the world is because you go in there and it's like, I mean, you almost bump your head on the ceiling. So what do you hope happens once the album is completed and is out? Do you, um, you know, what playing bigger and bigger venues, maybe branch out into some uh, acting or other kind of performing or writing, or what? what's the trajectory look like? So my, my, um, have a few goals. Um, I want to do, I want to put together another late night set. So another tight five minute set I've done, uh, you know, I've been on comedy central and I've done uh, late night with Seth Meyers. I want to get put together a set and, uh, you know, I'm aiming to do like, uh, Fallon or Colbert or possibly Conan. So that's kind of my first, uh, my first um, priority. Uh, that's something I want to do. Um, and then, um, you know, I, I'll probably put the album, depending on how the album goes, I'll probably put the album as a special, you know, to, to Comedy Central or to Netflix, you know, if it, and, and that's a long shot, but that's, you know, if the album's good, that, that's the possibility. Um, I love the road. I'll never stop being on the road. You know, I love the road. And hopefully if the album, uh, if the album sees some success and, uh, and, and you know, gets, put, gets a lot of plays on, on Sirius, which that's really these days with the comedy album, that's where you're getting the majority of your exposure, um, you know, you, you want to sell albums, obviously, and you also want to do well on the streaming services, the Spotify, the Pedora, the Apple Music. But the truth is, I think the majority of people that hear comedy um, albums hear it on, um, on, on Sirius XM radio. Um, so... So if you can really catch some catch some uh, momentum there, you know I'd love to play some bigger clubs and and you know um, uh, do that acting. I'm always open to acting. I, I I need to get back into acting classes. I enjoyed taking acting classes. I'm not a great actor, um, so I, I do need to take classes again. Um, and then, of course, uh, I, I'm, I'm really working on this mental health material, which I think probably works best as like a one-man show. And so that's a new sort of format for me. I've been trying to like watch a lot of Mike Birbiglia and kind of like kind of learn the one-man show um, tempo and you know how that works because it's a little different from stand-up. Not everything has to be a punchline not every there can be sad moments you know there can be uh there can be quiet moments there can be ups and downs uh so i'm kind of learning that um so yeah i got i have a lot, a lot of plans they're a little bit all over the place but um but yeah that's 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 my goal but right now i'm just focused on uh getting ready for the album i'm really excited about it well, terrific, man. Um, good luck with the album record then, and appreciate you taking the time out of your uh, busy schedule there. Um, and uh, yeah, looking, looking forward uh, to the album record and, uh, uh, you know, go Browns, go Tribe and all that good stuff. Yeah, man. A and, absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you uh, 
you taking the time to talk to me. No, no problem at all. Uh, this will be in print uh, the week that you're here, uh, and we'll you know, tell everybody about the album record and all that, and the podcast will drop around that same time, too. I'll keep Shalafu posted and you posted and all that, and uh, you guys can promote it from there. Okay, great. I appreciate it. All right, thanks, thanks, man. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Brandon Ayer just completed his first comedy album. He recorded it at Go Bananas in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, not sure when that will be out. When it is out, I'm sure we will get a clip from him. In the meantime, if you want to find out more about Brandon Ayer, I'm trying to, excuse my mouse clicking, I'm trying to find, uh, here we go. You could follow him on Facebook, I guess is, I guess is probably the uh, best place, and Twitter as well. Uh, just search for him in both of those platforms. He's Brendan C. Air on Facebook, and I reckon the same on Twitter. And then you can find out where he's going to be in uh, your neck of the woods, as it were. Uh, does a lot of work in New York, but like I said, he gets out of uh, out of New York about you know two, three times a month now. So he'll probably be coming to a comedy club near you. All right, so it takes us to our song of the week. Song of the week comes from Rat Boy. Yes, I know Rat Boy was song of the week uh, back on February third. Uh, that episode, I try to stretch them out a little bit and try to you know find some more uh, tunes. We've zeroed in on a couple of artists recently, and uh, we've really been enjoying them. Well, uh, long story short, if it's possible at this point, um, we went up and saw Rat Boy in Indianapolis on Friday. He was opening for a group called The Interrupters, and pardon me, we'd never heard of The Interrupters until they hooked up uh, with Rat Boy and brought him along on, on the road. Well, actually... Rat Boy is Rat Boy. He's a, he's the dude. He's the lead singer and chief songwriter, and it's also the name of the band. It's a bit confusing. Anyway, Interrupters are a ska band. We're not mad at them, but we, you know, we Lizzie and I both had things to do on Saturday morning, so uh, we drove up uh, with the rest of the family. The four of us drove up. Uh, Rat Boy was the opener. Opener a group from Wisconsin called Mast Intruder was the middle, and then in- Interrupters were on uh, from like ten o'clock or something. Well, so we saw Rat Boy, uh, smashed it. Totally, it was awesome. And then we um, decided we really want to hang out in the club, and you know, and it was, you know, it was kind of crowded. It was kind of getting warm down there, so we went up, and we we they yelled after the they finished their set. Lizzie yelled, "Hey, are you going to meet people?" And they said, "Yeah, after the show." And we said, "You're set now, or after the interrupters?" And he said, "After the interrupters." We're like, oh, geez, we're gonna have to wait around until like 11:30. So we go out. We're kind of hanging around the parking lot. Maybe we'll go get ice cream somewhere. There's an ice cream shop the next block, and uh, we're walking to get ice cream. And I see the drummer, Noah, who uh, Hannah and Liza met outside while we were waiting in line to get into the venue. They grabbed a picture with him. And I just, you know, they're, and my wife said, God, don't, don't bother them. And I'm like, I don't want to wait around at 1130. So I said, hey, do you reckon the rest of the band will come out for a smoke? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, probably out in a few minutes. And the road manager's standing there, and he texts them, and he can't get a signal. He tries calling, and he can't get a signal. So he goes, you know what, let's go down and grab him. So he goes down and grabs the uh, actual Rat Boy, lead singer, chief songwriter, and one of the other guys in the band, and Noah. And uh, Noah and I are best mates now. We love Radio 1. He asked me what I thought of Grimmy, which was which was a lot of fun. Uh, Grimmy was on breakfast on, on Radio 1 one and uh, uh, kind of a bit of a controversy there. People didn't like that movie. Now he's on an afternoons. Better fit for Grimmy, I thought. Told Noah that and all. And anyway, so they took pictures with the girls and everything. It was a lot of fun. Um, if you want to find those, let me see. I guess um, I'll direct you somehow if you go to the Podbean page. I'll maybe post them either in there, which is kind of tricky to do, or I will post them somehow in a Google document that y'all can access. And anyway, brings us to the song of the week. My current favorite song uh, from the Rat Boy's current album is a song called Silver Lake, and it's about their previous tour of the United States, or um, or maybe it was when they were recording the album in Los Angeles. But anyway, it's just a really kind of anthemic song about them being far away from home and sticking together, and uh, that's our song of the week, Silver Lake, Rat Boy, PS Tape Recorder, so long, and thanks for listening. I really-
That's swell. Harry Leonor and Taurus.